for most of us, when we begin the concept of transitioning from working for other people to working for ourselves, there are all these things we have to take account of, things like taxes, insurance, uh, bookkeeping, cash flow, record keeping, marketing, sales, product development, all those things stack up. And they can be quite worrying. And many people don't survive that transition. We think of becoming a trainer as something that's fun. It is fun, but there's all the stuff that people don't see when they look at what you do. You know, how do you actually set up your business, structure the business, and run it in a way that it doesn't run you? How do you overcome these challenges and, in fact, enjoy being a business owner in the world of learning and development? My guest today has some of these answers. His name is Dan Whedon. His background is in risk management. And his specialism, in addition to this, is helping people with the foundations of running a one-person business. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark. It's my pleasure and privilege to host yet another episode of the Training Business Podcast. If you're someone like me who runs their own business, someone who is self-employed or working with colleagues in the form of a training business, consulting business, helping people with your expertise through programs, products, and services, then this is the show for you because every Thursday we have helpful episodes, practical episodes on those topics. And this is hence the name business. This is about the business side of things. And my guest today is Dan Whedon, who is also someone who helps people with the mindset and the practicalities of running a one-person business, whether it's things like marketing or sales or insurance and tax, all that stuff that's in the background, but has to be done. So in this week's episode, we're going to look at those things, those practical things and the challenges so that you can actually overcome those and enjoy being someone who runs their own business. Dan, welcome to the show. It is my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Let's start off with um, you. What brought you to the point where you, like the rest of us listening, have decided to sell what you know to the people who need what you know in the form of products and services? Well, you know, it's funny. I've been now doing this uh, just at about the 17-year mark, and I realized that what got me to there was not wanting to work for anybody else. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was selling insurance for uh, an insurance agency and it was fine, but I, I wanted to do my own thing. I, I felt like I had this knowledge that would be important to other people, specifically business owners that, that needed help with risk management. And it was in my head and so I knew that I could, it could be a value. So that was probably, it was, it was, I guess I was just a terrible employee. I wanted to go do my own thing. That was really the impetus. So how would you define your expertise? And secondly, how do you actually sell it to people who pay for it? Sure. My expertise is around 
risk management, insurance, and resilience. And and let's be clear, those aren't the sexiest topics in the Not world. Not really, no. <laughs> so, so when you're talking about that, but but they're needed. And 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 so the people who buy from me are the small and medium-sized business owners of the world who realize that yes, the fun part, the sexy part is going out and selling their own product and service, but bad things do happen. And the, the the better prepared they are for them to prevent them, to to mitigate them, to to respond and recover from them, the better that their chances of surviving. So nothing is fatal. And so I, what I'm in basically selling, Mark, is that safety net, that peace of mind, that knowledge that uh, somebody knows something that can help us stay in business when something bad happens. Gotcha. So what was the point that made you realize, I don't want to just, you know, do what I do. I want to share what I do in the form of products, programs, expertise. Well, I, I, again, I think it comes out of wanting to do something. I, I guess I've always had this entrepreneurial mindset that I okay. wanted to, to do something and I knew that it was in my head. And so how do I manifest that? Well, uh, I manifested through the services I can offer as in consulting and coaching, because there's a certain amount of coaching in that, creating content, whether it's in the form of writing, like in books and and blogs, whether it's in the form of videos. And now what I'm really working on a lot is around course development, creating courses because- Train people. Yeah. Because again, it's not the sexiest topic, but it's a needed topic. And if I can find a way for even those smallest of businesses that might not be able to afford hiring me as a consultant, if they can buy a course for 300 bucks or whatever the the course is, then I'm still getting my content out to people. I'm still being of value to people. And because of the way the technology has evolved, it's made it easier than ever I mean, look at what we're doing right now. We're creating a, a podcast. It's made it easier than ever to create content that can transfer that, those smarts to somebody who needs them. Gotcha. So one of the courses that you've developed is about helping people who are, I'm reading my notes here, running a one-person business. And I yes. guess that's that's me to some extent. I'm actually growing <laughs> a team. Still, uh, I work with associates, people I hire for different purposes, but I, I'm still on a team of one. And uh, that is not what all of us want. We want to grow. We want to scale. Uh, but for those of us who are still, and I'm putting my hands up here, um, individuals working for themselves, um, what are the, the trends that you're noticing right now for people who are these one-person consultants, trainers, coaches? And, and let's be clear, since I, since I did that course, this little thing called a pandemic occurred, and all of a sudden we found a lot of folks thinking, hey, I've got some knowledge and I can do that. So mm-hmm. uh, the trend, first trend I would say is there's more and more people who are getting onto that train that I have something of value in here, in the nose, in my head, in my head that yeah. is transferable to somebody mm-hmm. else. How do I do that? So I think mm-hmm. that's trend number one is there's more and more people doing it. I think an important, I don't know if this is a trend or not, Mark, but I think what's an important part of why I created that course for solopreneurs is 
a lot of solopreneurs don't know everything that it takes to actually run a, a company. While they may have smarts in technology, you know, that's what they that's what they're good at, or uh, human resources, or whatever the topic is. They also have to deal with what it takes to run a business, and that's everything from how do I market my business, how do I market myself, what type of insurance do I need to buy. Who should be my key team members? Do I need a bookkeeper? Do I need an accountant? Do I need, you know, name name that other person that that you need? What about taxes? What about, you know, what about all of the different things that I need? And so I created this course. And oh, by the way, what risks am I facing that could put me out of business? You know, what sorts of insurances do I need? And I so I, I put this course together with LinkedIn because they thought it was a great idea. They they were finding more and more people on their platforms that were solopreneurs. Put this course together for somebody to say, hey, you're a team of one, but you're also running a business. What do you need? What kind of risk do you? So it really still falls into that risk category. What kind of risks are out there? How do you mitigate them? And how do you give yourself the best chance for success? And that really resonates with me because when I'm talking to people who say to me, what do you do for a living? I explain, I, I package up what I know and have experienced into courses online, offline, and consulting one-to-one or one-to-many. They say, that's intriguing. How do I do that? And invariably, what they focus on is the content, that transfer of knowledge in the form of products. What they're not often cognizant or aware of are all the things you've mentioned in the background, tax, insurance, understanding P&L, uh, accounting, uh, marketing, sales, cash flow, social media, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of people who have said to you, this course has helped me for X reason. What reasons do people share with you as, as being the reasons that they find a course like yours helpful? That's a really good question, and 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 it runs the gamut a little bit. What what I would say is this: is the light bulb goes on. They had no idea. Mm. I didn't. I didn't think about that. Although in my head I knew about these types of insurances, I I, I didn't think about them. Although I knew about the, you know needing this type of information on on record keeping. I didn't think about it. I think it was that aha moment, that light bulb moment where, oh, I really, if I'm going to be serious about this, it's that. I, I also have to think about this because again, the fun part is going out and trying to acquire clients and, and doing all of, all of that. It's all of that backroom thing, all of the backroom stuff that you don't think about. And I think probably to answer your question best, it's really uncovering those items that people were just either unaware of or didn't give enough credence to, and then didn't know how to start, didn't know what to do. So it's okay to focus on um, the attractive stuff, which is developing your, your slides and your branding and your business card, your website, et cetera. But we can't overlook the fact that being a consultant these days, requires multiple skills. Now, there are arguments which I would definitely make in favor of hiring people even as virtual assistants to look after things. So I work with an accountant, uh, a bookkeeper. I have someone who does appointment setting for me. Uh, Increasingly, I'm finding ways to outsource some of the things I do. But that said, we still need to be aware that they have to be done by someone. 
And that's well, and Mark, if I, if I can yeah. really, really quickly, one of the things that I speak about a lot is, is mindset. Okay. So while, while we can, we can outsource, as you said, and I highly recommend that outsource those things that we don't like to do or are not good at. The mindset is just as important. You mentioned cash okay. flow. There are a lot of people I was included in that who got a regular paycheck every two weeks. And, and I warn people that's likely not to happen. No, there are times <laughs> we're going to be rich and there's times we're going to be poor. You know, it just, it, it, it depends. That's the nature of being a solo practitioner consultant and the whole mindset about how do I make sure that when things are really good, I'm, I'm also setting up to make sure that there might be two months that nobody pays me anything. And are you resilient enough? And I, I really like to think that, uh, you know, I, I don't love the term risk management. I think it's about being resilient, for, especially for solo practitioners. You must have a mindset that there are going to be really good times and really tough times. And I have to be able to, to battle through that. True. And, and definitely that's true for both of us. When you begin, you invariably have this feeling of jumping off a diving board, perhaps. Uh, maybe you land in water in the sense that there are some clients lined up for you, but that does not necessarily mean that will continue. And you hit these dry patches where for maybe months at a time, there's nothing coming in. And you still have got to make those payments on your insurance. You still have to um, pay perhaps for particular services, subscriptions. Well, you still have to eat. You, you got to eat. Still, yes, well, <laughs> that thing to too. Pay <laughs> <laughs> domestic bills too. It's a lot of outgoing. Um, so a lot of this sounds like a reality check. We're not saying to people who are thinking of joining the rest of us in the uh, business of training and consulting not to do it. Not at all. It's great fun. It's really validating. I get huge validation for what I do. I'm sure you do as well, Dan. Um, but to be aware, and, and I guess this is the benefit of your course, is that as a consultant, um, as an expert, as a trainer, someone who makes a living from transferring what you know to someone else and charging for it, there are lots of things to be aware of. It's not just the the actual stuff in the classroom. It's the stuff often in the back room. And that's all the stuff you cover. Um, where do you think most people have difficulty? If I said to you, there's one or two areas where people have a lot of difficulty when they're making that transition from being an employee to running a one-person business as a trainer, as a consultant, what would that be? Or what would those be? I think there's two. And 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 one is, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go back to mindset. And number two is marketing. So let me let me talk okay. about mindset first. I, I think that there's a, a point where people get over the honeymoon stage of getting their business cards and their website and, and all of that and having all of these grand hopes of, hey, I, I, I can bring all this in and, and do and and there's going to be peaks and valleys, even in great the best economic times. People people um, will struggle, and I often think that some folks will quit right before they were going to to be successful. Yeah. And and so it, it's it's having a resilient mindset and and saying that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fight through this regardless. And so I think that that's number one is that that the discouragement could come in. And and you and you have to have the mindset of I'm just one step away. The second is marketing, 
if you don't come out of us and not all of us come out of a sales background, you obviously teach sales. Uh, and, 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 and so to a large degree, I do too, because sales is, is how everybody survives, but it's the whole theory that you have to be in the marketing business. You have to be constantly putting out content just to be attractive to somebody else. The phone is not going to automatically ring because you put out a blog post. There, there, there is, especially for those folks who marketing and sales is not their background. That's a hard reality check that yes, people want to hear from me, but there's every you know, language matters, how you put it out there, uh, you know, where you put it out, how people are consuming it, learning styles, everything around that is around marketing. And there's a difference between marketing and selling. And the marketing must happen for you to even have a chance to sell. And I think that those are two areas that um, that pop up the most. So marketing is not necessarily, um, excuse me, sharing uh, all your content on LinkedIn. It's being aware of which platform is where your listenership is or your viewership is or your audience is. Um, and I think COVID has changed that dynamic I'm increasingly seeing people going back to keynote speaking, getting in front of people face-to-face. I ran a workshop with a, the sales leadership team of a tech company in London recently, and I couldn't believe the energy in the room um, for the first time since COVID. That group of people had not been together before, different sides of the Atlantic, and all of a sudden they're in the room. Um, so we're all the time marketing, ABM, always be marketing, ABS, always be selling. Um when we think of the first year, if, if you're giving advice to someone who is running a one-person business for the very first year, and of course it's 22 as we're recording this, what would you give them in terms of, of an action plan or advice to get right in year one? We can't do everything. We can't do everything. But what could we do well in the first year of our one-person business? Create a 90-day marketing plan. Okay. Uh, that would be number one, is, is create a plan that says, okay, hey, I want to go speak. There's great energy. Super. Who's hiring you? Even if it's for free, they have to know you exist. And so uh, creating a marketing plan that spreads out a net over the demographics of, of who would be your, your, key, your key clients or, or people who could refer you but you've got to have a marketing plan. Even more important, I think, than a business plan mm-hmm. is that marketing plan. How does that work? And create it that, that says, I, I've got a digital plan. I've got a content creation plan. And I've got a plan to get in front of people, however that looks. That I, would think, be- I think what you've just said is absolutely brilliant. And it's the first time I've heard someone say it that way, that the marketing plan comes first. What we tend to do is default to our business plan because that's what we want to do, which is talk about the structure and the business card and the logo. But actually, the marketing plan comes first. Yep. Have, have that marketing plan. And at the same time, make sure that you're checking off the checklist of I'm going to be, how do I pay taxes? How do I get the right insurance? How, you know, how do I do all of these other things? And whom do I need to hire? To help me. And I, I guess I'd say that, and this was a mistake I made. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have made it. Oh, I can do this. I can do the bookkeeping. I can do it. I don't have to pay anybody. Yeah, but what's your time worth? I'm not good at bookkeeping. 
I, that the time I had to take to learn it and do it, I could have been out doing something I'm good at. So there's a certain amount of, you got to bite the, you have to invest in those tasks that you're not good at. And they, those, these people exist. There's other solo practitioners who are bookkeepers, who are insurance brokers, who are all of these. You can help them. They're helping you. It's not an expense. It's an investment. So focus on the marketing, focus on your content, find the people wherever they are, however they're influenced, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's at a speaking engagement, whether they're reading something somewhere, find them. That's the focus, but make sure that you're doing your, what I call my old football thing, blocking and tackling is also being done. Right. So you've got your content plan. First is your marketing plan. Uh, a, some kind of business plan, just identifying what you sell, to whom you sell it, and and how to price it, uh, structure it, run it, uh, invoice for it, etc. Yep. So th- three plans there: that the marketing plan, the business plan, the content plan. Is there another? I call plan? the business plan an operations plan. Operation I, I think business plan. Okay. business plan. People start downloading things off yeah. the internet, and it doesn't apply to them. How <laughs> is like your that. business op? <laughs> How's your business operate? What's your operating plan? Right, right. So that cadence of of what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, who's doing it. Right. Um, so three plans, marketing plan, operations plan, and content plan, MOC. Right. I like that. I like that. Um, what other challenges, and uh, we'll keep this short, but what other challenges do you think are likely to present themselves in the first year of being a solopreneur in your experience? Things outside of your control. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think about even, you know, and everybody's got different services and, and different things, but, you know, when you think about the pandemic or you think about uh, if, if there's an economic recession, or if you think about, uh, oh, I got this great new client and they were fantastic, but what happens if they went out of business or, or something happens? I think that there are speed bumps and traps from the beginning <laughs> to the end. And the first year, could be much more of a roller coaster, you know, could be, could be bumpier, could be more volatile. And I think it's just the ability to stay the course because I, you know, we can control a lot, but there's things we can't control and we just have to be prepared how we respond to that. It is and its mindset. And so the things we've talked about so far, the marketing plan, the operations plan, the content plan, that's the controllable in some ways, that's the foreseeable. But what you're alluding to is all the stuff we can't see coming. No one saw COVID coming. And almost overnight, it, my, and I've said this before, I was literally five, six days away from running a training course in India and uh, bang, gone. And everyone else I spoke to said the same thing. All of a sudden, training work, uh, facilitation work, coaching work dried up overnight. No one had a clue how to respond. So I wonder if there's some element of having a plan B here. What if your first year doesn't work out for you? Right. What what should you do? Um, well, I think everybody needs an, an, an exit plan, but I, yeah. I don't like I don't like it in that sort of, I, I want to bring up actually you made me just think of some I just thought okay. of this and, and it's another first year issue. Mm-hmm. And it's really about your personal life because uh, you know what what my yeah. original mentor Alan Weiss said you don't have a personal life and a professional life you have a life and being resilient with the things that happen in life whether you you know you have a spouse you have a significant other you have children you have uh, aging parents 
Uh, you know, I went through a time where both of my parents at different times had to go through assisted living and 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 passed on. Uh, and and I'm running a business at the same time. Well, those emotional things mm-hmm. also play a factor. And I don't know, uh, you know, when you're working for somebody else, it's 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 a little bit different than now. You got to work for for yourself. And I wrote a book called Back Nine Walking. Uh, Back Nine Walking is is about uh, those of us probably above forty years old who are uh, working for ourselves as business professionals running businesses, but also encountering a lot of the same things because we've hit a part of our life where it invades us. And so I think that, you know, that plan B that you talk about, plan B shouldn't be stepping away and exiting. It's if this happens, what do I do next? Think about it in advance and have that plan so that you're ready to respond. Yeah. I don't know if I'd still be here, um, but without the support of some people in my life, and there are times when you think this isn't working, or you feel perhaps working for yourself that you aren't doing what other people need you to do, and and uh, you, you become so aware of the burden of earning, of providing, and you're not yeah. able to do it, and it's really crucifying. It's it's ultra stressful, ultra stressful. Um, Give me the, the the name of your book one more time. That that back nine walking is it? Yeah, it's called back nine walking. So there's yeah. a little bit of a golf angle. To I was about it. to say little, that. Yeah, I have a little fun with <laughs> with playing the back nine. Right. So it's back nine walking, and it's back nine walking dot com. The number nine. Uh, okay. You can find it there. It's available on Amazon, or I can uh, you can order it through uh, the website. Uh, but that's how you find it. Any other resources or web content you'd like me to share with listeners? I'd love for people to look me up on my website. It's danweeden.com, D-A-N-W-E-E-D-I-N.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I've got uh, the the LinkedIn learning course. I've actually done four of those, but you can find the LinkedIn learning course for solopreneurs on LinkedIn as well. And and the courses that I'm creating uh, are also on my website. Fantastic. Dan, thank you so much for being my guest today on the show. It's my pleasure. Thank you. My sincere thanks to Dan and to you for being part of this week's episode. Thank you, Dan, for your expertise. And thank you to you as listeners, because it means everything to know that you are finding value in the show. Now, if there's something that you'd like to add to the show, if there's something you'd like to have on the show, then please drop me a line. My email address is mark at trainingbusiness.com. If you know of people who would find value in the show, please let them know about the show. You'll find all episodes, past, present, and future, on your podcast platform of choice, whether it's Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, or even over at trainingbusiness.com. There is a fresh episode next Thursday without fail. So until then, keep training, keep coaching, keep going. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.